Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Tuesday, September 14, 2021. And today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 6, and we're on page 84, the eighth line we intuitively know, and reading to the end of that paragraph, two sentences. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Davalin E, 12 Traditions, Laurel B, and reading the text are Julie R, and Dara L, and Lauren N is our backup. The newcomer greeter is Tanya G, and the host of the second hour is Penny C. The reference numbers for Monday, September 13th, 2021, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 17,734. That's 17734. And for the 10 a.m. is 17,735. That's 17735. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, I'm sorry, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Davlin E. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Davalyn E. from Manitoba, Canada, living in grateful and joyful recovery today. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Davlin. I will now, now ask Laurel B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Laurel B., recovered compulsive overeater in Wakanda, Illinois. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is what one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige diverge from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OAS thought shot never be organized, but we may create service boards or a committee directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence an OA name ought never, to be, ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And finally, 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Laurel. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the, 12, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page 84, the eighth line. We will intuitively um, and reading through to the end of that paragraph. I will ask Julie R. to begin reading. Hi, thank you Katie for your service. Julie R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us 
what we could not do for ourselves. You know, those are two powerful sentences. You know, before um, I was recovered or if I was just abstinent and crazy, um, you know, I would run all the different scenarios in my head um, if I had to make a decision or if something big was going to be happening. And I would have it all played out. You know, if this happened, this is going to happen, then I can do this. And it was so exhausting. And most of the time, it never came out any of the scenarios that I had crafted with my great responses. And it would, you know, be followed by chaos because I would always be trying to control everything. And it's like, you know, now it's like if there's something big coming up, I just stop, I sit, I pause, I pray, and I ask my creator for direction. Um, And, you know, eight out of ten times, I am not running, trying to run the show, you know, like it talks about in the uh, previous uh, chapters, you know, about being the director and whatnot. And things just kind of come together. It's because I'm not trying to handle the situations, which I never really could in the first place. But if God is everything, then I have to give God everything. And that is all the outcomes. So it's like, you know, I I have so much more time in my head. I'm not sitting there trying to to win and to be perfect and to be right. And you notice I said eight out of ten times because I am human and I will fall short. Uh, the second sentence, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And of course, with um, abstinence, you know, black and white abstinence, um, I don't overeat abstinent foods. I, you know, make sure that I don't ingest any of my alcoholic foods, et cetera. So, you know, I don't have to worry about the physical allergy. And of course, doing the step work deals with the obsession of the mind. But it's, you know, how do I know? that God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. I just look at the other areas of my life. You know, I I used to have a lot of sprees, as they call them. And I would spend money, um, manipulate money. Even though, you know, we had the money, I still played all these games, uh, little lies here and big lies before. And now it's, um, I don't do those things. And I look back and all the time that I would spend doing these crazy things in abstinence, I no longer do. Uh, Why? Why is that? Well, because God's doing this for me. I'm not doing it because if I could do it, it would be the same thing. If I could have gotten abstinent, why would I have needed a way? If I could have gotten recovered, why would I need a God? Um, Yeah, it's just so exciting. And it's like, you know, as I continue to do this work, more and more is revealed. And with that, uh, I think my time's up. I will pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Julie. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third, oops, sorry, um, every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on these last two promises on page 84, the top paragraph? Katie G. from Boston. Christina J. Nessa. Larry, Larry K. Nessa R. Barbara E. Okay, just one second. Let me just get who I have. I have Katie G, uh, Christina, um, Nessa R, Larry K, and Barbara E. Larry, Larry K. I said Larry K and Barbara E. Who else? Reggie O. Anyone else? Reggie O. Phil M. 
And so, um, okay, that's a good lineup to start with. So we have Katie G, Christina O, I believe, Nessa R, Larry K, Barbara E, Reggie O, and Phil M. Go ahead, please, Katie. Hi, Katie F. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. Yeah, I mean, I it's such a blessing to gain, to be rocketed into that fourth dimension, right? Because that's what we're talking about. This is not the result of abstinence. This is the result of uncovering, discovering, and discarding everything that's not me. And I looked up the word intuition, and it's like, this sense, this feeling to be true. And, um, and I thought about like my last week and um, how I was moved by intuition um, because, of, because of the program that I work that connects me to God every day. And, you know, I, I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but this has been my theme song. My mother-in-law a couple weeks ago came to see us and I didn't have to do a ton of writing to know that I needed to say to her, things have shifted and uh, I've, I've been a lot to handle. I really struggle with time. And she said things have shifted. And I'm, I've been a lot to handle, too, like her. And it's like, wow, God just gave that to me. Or um, when I was going to exercise last week, I just got on my knees. I was like, God, please help me. I, I don't want to worship at the altar of exercise. Or <clears throat> I'm inspired to call one of my fellows. And I'm inspired to talk about the program of recovery that I'm working. And um, it really does feel like God does for me what I can't do for myself. So like I used to be somebody <clears throat> in recovery, sharing on this line, who like literally could not control my mouth, like literally. And I would call all of you and I would do my sub tens and snot nose messy crying. And um a couple like uh last week like it was like in that moment when the fear gripped me i knew what the right action was like i knew intuitively like no you need to shut your mouth now did it look pretty no i think i said on this line like i ran outside because i, I had to do everything that i could to not say anything but what's different is that before I never paused. I never plowed, as the previous speaker said. Like, I had a solution for everything. And to be candid, I can do that with this recovery. I'm like, into action, Katie. Get moving. Get going. No talking. No thinking. It did, it did, it did. You know, and for me, getting in touch with that intuition a lot of times means slowing down. It means shutting up. It means listening. And I have to tell you, I feel like God just gives me like great ideas all the time through all of you. And I will say, I'm an addict and I get crazy ideas too. And so I do them and then I call all of you and then I make amends and I move on. So, you know, that's what happens. That's why we only have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance. Oh man, that guy was talking over me. Contingent on the maintenance on my work, and that's it. And he wanted me to be quiet, so I'm going to follow that intuition. Bye. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Christina. It's either Christina, maybe it's Christina J. Anyway, Christina, you know who you are, and then Nessa R. Hi, good morning. It's Christina J. Thank you, Katie. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I, think I know who I am. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who I really am, but I'm learning who I am. Uh, today by God's grace in recovery. Uh, so the first thing that God did for me after being in relapse 
on and off in the program since 2014, and the worst of them coming in the first half of 2020 was he helped me to walk away from the food. He did for me what I could not do for myself. And I've realized the gift of that more and more every day, and it makes me want to cry right now because I have not wanted to go to the food. I've had neutrality around the food. Sure, sometimes I have food thoughts, but I recoil as if from a hot flame, and that, my friends, is God inside of me, and he's kept me there. And so I'm growing in this program. I only have a little over a year of abstinence now, and I'm realizing as this year goes on, the years go on in this program that the deeper, beautiful work is happening, and he's doing for me things I don't even know. Uh, I'm in a situation where I've shared that we're moving across country, and I'm scared, and there's a lot of things to handle, and there's delays and things I'm scared of financially. And in my prayer and meditation, at night I get so scared and wrapped up in my thoughts and how I'm going to control things and this and that. And I, in the morning I sit in my chair and I'm so screwed up. The fear is like at the edge of my skin. And I, I just say, God, I'm surrendering. I don't know what to do. And the surrender, my friends, is on a deeper and deeper level as I go through this. And so um, I'm intuitively knowing how to handle situations that used to baffle me. Yeah, my main go-to is, I don't know what to do. Take it over. (laughs) I'm surrendering. (laughs) And the surrender, man, it's getting deeper. And this whole situation is beautiful. I mean, I really believe that God brings situations to us in our lives. He calls us to him. And in the past, I would have eaten and gone crazy trying to control everything left and right and forward and center and up and down. But now I surrender and I listen. And it's not easy, and I'm not perfect at it, um, but I'm doing it, and it's bringing me closer and closer to him. And it's making me want my higher power more. It's making me yearn for that place in my heart where I can go. And, you know, and because of the stress in my skin around situations, people, places, and things, at times, <clears throat> I find that beautiful heart space, and it aches for the release. And that's where God is in me. He's in my heart space, and he radiates out. And I ache to be closer to him because he's leading He's leading the pack here. He's leading the pack of my thoughts and my controlling and all these things that I used to run the show with. And, and I'm so grateful. I mean, if you're new out there, there's nothing like this. And these promises do come true sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, as it's going to talk about in the next paragraph. And I'm one of the slow ones because I'm stubborn and I've been doing life a certain way since I was a little girl. And I'm unlearning those things. And I'm learning to walk in peace and grace. And I handled things yesterday with God's help in a calm manner with some of the delays, which in the past I never would have done. So, um, Time, please. Thank you. Get going on this program. It will bring you these promises. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Okay, Christina and Nessa R., you're up, followed by Larry K. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I have always believed in God. I have always talked to God. Um, you know, and as the years were on, I have even become more religious. Um, you know, even from the time I was a little girl, I used to ask God, to please help me not eat so much, to help me go on a diet and stay on a diet, to help me lose weight. 
And guess what? God didn't do any of that at all, at all, at all, at all. And, you know, this last promise uh, explains why to me. God will do for me what I cannot do for myself. But implied in that is the fact that God will not do for me what I can and should do for myself. So God will remove the, the food obsession. He will even take off the weight, but he will not keep the food away from my mouth. He will not keep the hand away from my mouth. He will not weigh and measure my food. Um, he will remove my defects of character, but not if I'm still indulging in them. Um, he will transform me, but not if I get out of the I don't get out of the way. And so guess what? I finally caught on um, after, you know, 46 years, nine of which were in program. I identified all my trigger foods, my trigger ingredients, my trigger behaviors, and I put them down 100%. And uh, God removed the food obsession. I put down my defects of character. I stopped indulging to the best of my ability, and God has removed some of them. I have worked the steps in entire abstinence, also in order, according to the instructions in the big book, to the best of my ability. And um, God has transformed me. Um, and I am recovered now, and I've been recovered almost uh, 10 years now. Uh, something that I thought would be totally impossible in my life is so totally different than it was 10 years ago. And not because the people around me have changed. I mean, they have changed, you know, some modicum, but they haven't changed drastically. You know, um, things really have not changed also drastically around me, the same house, the same job, the same neighbors, the same everything. Um, but I've changed and my life is so good now. You know, I am content. I am satisfied. I am happy. I am useful. Um, and this is because of what God has done for me and to me, uh, which he didn't do before because I wasn't doing my part. But I did my part, and I continue doing my part, of course. And he's taking care of the rest. It's like I, 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 I tell my children um, since they were little, you know, we do our best and God does the rest. But, you know, it's very important. First, I have to do my best. Uh, it's not God who does the rest first, and then I do my best. Time, it's the please. other way around. Thank you. Thank God that I cut on. Uh, and everybody else can catch on too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Barbara E. Hey, Katie. Uh, good morning. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay, uh, compulsive reader, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, the, the uh, we, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. So, so what is this notion of intuition anyway? You know, it's a form of knowledge, and it, it appears in our consciousness. And it appears without deliberation. It happens at a gut level. It happens holistically. It, it happens uh, quickly. And so, you know, I ask myself, you know, where does this intuitive guidance come from? At, at, you know, at a core level. I can tell you where it comes at a brain level. I can describe that to you. But where does it come below that? See, for me, I, I think it's my creator. Now, I couldn't prove it to you in any tangible way that God guides me through my intuition. But what I can tell you is lacking this intuitive guidance, I'm, I'm, I'm 
cognitively paralyzed. I've seen that in my life. And I'll repeatedly make poor decisions that reap uh, bad consequences. And, and here's an example in my life. When I'm resentful or fearful, one of the most counterintuitive things in the world for me to do is identify my character flaws in the midst of the, that resentment. Let's say, tell someone else about it. Ask God to remove it. So counterintuitive. Make amends. Go help someone else. Oh, is that counterintuitive? See, because when I'm resentful, what seems intuitive to me was to ruminate and to commiserate and to judge you and to attack you. You hurt me. Watch this. I'm going to hurt you right back. See, God had to change it. Every day I need some kind of reconstructive soul surgery, you know, and I'm guided by my higher power to make uh, better decisions today. And, and he's, he's still working with me, this God, this God thing, still working with me. And now, you know, I, boy, those 9-11, those, those uh, first responders, do you think it was intuitive for them to run to the, to the fire? That was counterintuitive, but they did it anyway. Today, sometimes I'm guided to run towards the fire. Sometimes not. I don't know that God is speaking to me at all times. Big book tells me probably not. But more and more, I come to rely upon this intuitive guidance. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you so much, Larry. Um, okay, so now we'll have Barbara E. followed by Reggie O. Good morning, everyone. And Katie, thank you for your service. The shares that have uh, just preceded mine all brought me to tears. Well, these promises, these nine-step promises are offered us, but that doesn't mean I'll experience them every day. Some days will be diamonds and some stones and some just cubic zirconia you know, fake jewels, but each day I'm dragging less stones around my neck that might suck me under the water. Fear of economic insecurity has left me, but that doesn't mean my bank account hasn't dwindled. I just don't live in fear about it, but discuss it with my husband. How can we cut back on some of our spending? I no longer think it's all your fault and if you don't do what I want, life would be so much better. I find that I wake up every morning grateful to be alive and willing and eager to go to this meeting and others and think, and think what I can do for others and less about what they can do for me. When I'm distor disturbed, I act like Wolverine less and keep my claws retracted. But when I do slash out verbally, I apologize sincerely and ask my higher power to keep me quiet and remember we're all God's children. This program has made me finally realize that addiction is giving up everything for one thing, but recovery is giving up addiction for a beautiful life. I now see things for what they are, I believe everything happens for a reason. I may not understand the reason, but I'm just human, so I rely on my special God for the answer. I engage in prayer when I'm need and when I'm in need, and if I even if I hear nothing, I'm grateful, and I usually call a fellow I trust to give me some sound advice, not just draw the opinions designed to make me feel vindicated. They are without any real substance like suds on a glass of beer. 
And I never give up on God because I believe God never gives up on me. Circumstances, not virtue, brought me to this place, to OA, and this very meeting. I opened the door of willingness and gave up expectations of what a holiday or special event or even a simple dinner with my family might look like because expectations always led me to a lower level of serenity. Four sentences I'm always willing to say now. I'm sorry, I was wrong, I don't know, I need help. And in the morning, I say a prayer for all God's children, whether we agree or disagree, that they may be healthy, happy, and they may live with ease and be free from fear and disease. Thank you, everyone. I pass. Have a beautiful Tuesday. Thank you, Barbara. And now we'll have Reggie O, followed by Phil M, and then we'll open it up for more shares. And we're on page 84, the top paragraph, the last two sentences. We will intuitively know through the end of that paragraph. Go ahead, please, Reggie. Yeah, thank you, Katie, so much for your service this morning. And everyone here, the shares are always quite wonderful. And uh, I am Reggie O, currently living in Texas and a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater this day. Um, boy, these, uh, <laughs> I've experienced a lot of these last two uh, sentences in the past few months. Uh, a few months I've been was living in California from the East Coast. I was living in Ale- uh, California for <clears throat> about I forget how many years, 10, 11, 12, I don't even remember. And it came time to leave California in the spring. Um, And it was, you know, kind of, I wouldn't have chosen it, but a situation happened in my living situation that just said, okay, I'm either going to look for something else in California or start our move. And it was clear that it was time to start moving back east. I didn't know where that was going to be. And for whatever reasons, I trusted that I would be shown. And it, I got this, I had this image, this sort of like a vision, intu, intuition, you know, I think that we've been talking about today of where I'm living right now. And I, I know, knew someone here and I thought, oh my goodness, is this where to go? And I didn't call, I didn't call. Finally, I called and that's where I'm living. I'm staying in this beautiful, amazing place for six months while the owner uh, is in another part of the country. And and then it's like, and, and, and even in moving, you know, I thought, hmm, got all these things, what am I going to do with them? And it came to me to give everything away, except what I put in my car. And I and it was a little bit scary, but it, it it was just so clear, you know, that that was the thing to do. And I met someone on a trek in the hills where I lived in California, and uh, and they told me about I forget what it is, but it's this amazing site where people give really good things away. And I put every I got registered, put everything on the site, gave everything away except what I could put in my car, and I have never had such an experience of that. The 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 joy and the delight of the people receiving the things, which gave me this amazing joy and delight of giving them away to people who really uh, appreciated them, and. Uh, and it just kept coming. I got here. I have a couple of old friends I hadn't seen in 12 years. They took me out for my birthday and because uh, I, I didn't know what I was going to do from here. And they offered me this, this idea of fixing up their guest house into a tiny house for me, which I'll be moving to in uh, October. And, you know, and I forget 
I forget how good God is and I forget when I let go of the, you know, let go of the reins and just say, okay, God, show me and trust. Um, the, the power is in that, you know, and I, I might not know right away, but when I look back in, in hindsight, it's, it's, always, it's always there. You know, God is always there. You know, the great reality lives deep within me. So no matter where I go, um, God is there. And I'm ever so grateful to be reminded for it. And um, I've had some amends to do that I had totally forgotten. I've been doing um, the past few weeks. I have one more to go. And uh, there is some time for making amends. And um, thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much. Okay, Phil M., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more. Hello, Kitty. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you, Phil. Sorry, Kitty, I muted myself there. Thank okay. you. Um, <laughs> uh, my name, and thank you for your service. My name is Phil. I'm a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland. And uh, these promises are powerful. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. And we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And really, most of my life, I was baffled. I had answers to nothing, really, and I ran in every direction to find answers and, and kept asking till I got the answers I wanted. Um, now, today, I do have more clarity, certainly most of the time. Um, I had a meeting on Sunday night there, uh, and normally, you know, for such a gathering, I would have been, you know, panicking and in fear for at least a full week beforehand. And it really surprised me this time that it was different. And it really, I believe, was not a case just of practice making perfect. Um, I had an assurance within myself that my loving power was looking after it. And there was calm. And I, I definitely expected the panic to return, you know, two days before, one day before, whatever. It actually didn't. And that was that was a beautiful thing. Um, actually, what happened on the night, the tech person uh, wrote, do you know, half an hour beforehand that she couldn't make it. Um, and uh, that that was OK. When we started, it was to start at seven, pretty summertime. Uh, another woman who was crucial to the evening, she she couldn't get in um, and it took her 10 minutes. But, you know, it was fine. People chatted, got themselves organized. Um, then shortly after eventually starting my computer kicked me off entirely. And I have to say, yes, there was a little panic there. But, you know, when I returned into the meeting, I found that one of the members, an amazing, gorgeous woman, a teacher, was filling in beautifully, ad-limbing, and getting it exactly the way that I had planned. (laughs) So God was looking after it all. She was really taking care of it. And it was a special meeting. Um, We were looking at allowing the darkness in ourselves. And then it allows us to to allow darkness in others as well. And I do have a feeling that that's quite important. um, Because I look back sometimes with great judgment when I was in the disease and behaving badly. um, And I didn't even know that I was. But on my journey with OA, I have discovered that, you know, God loved me no less then than he does or she does now when I'm not in the food 
and um, today I don't get my love from food, but I get love from my loving power, my mother and father. And God is doing every day what I could not do for myself, loving me every day, all that time, all my life, every minute of my life, that love is pouring towards me. And today I can love myself as I am with my flaws, with my bright side, with my dark side. We all have them. Time, please. And uh, with that, I'll wrap up and I'm happy to be trudging this path with you all. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. And just a reminder, we're on page 84, the top paragraph on the eighth line. We will intuitively know how to handle situations through the end of that paragraph, um, commenting on those two sentences. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share? Laura. Maureen. Okay. Okay, I heard Laura, Loretta. Maureen Al. Maureen L. Okay. Nancy Dana T. P. Nancy T. No, Dana P. Dana P. You take a few more. Carmela G. Carmela G. On them. And on Lynn them. Renee. Renee H. from Montreal. Okay, I don't know that we'll get all of these, but we'll see. I have Laura, I'm not sure of your initial, Loretta, I believe H, Maureen L, Nancy T, Dana P, Carmela G, On M, and Renee H. Go ahead, please, Laura, and please give us the initial of your last name. Good morning, Katie. Thank you very much. This is Laura R., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Oh my gosh, I love these lines. I just love the promises and I am truly grateful for my God. Um, I just, it, it, what blows me away is uh, how effortless it becomes. Um, I'm just thinking, and I hate to, you know, go to other paragraphs, but for me, I also think of like, I'm in a place of neutrality, you know, when I get through the steps, you know, or I get to this part, like I'm safe and protected, the problem's been removed. And what's the problem? Me, <laughs> you know, I, and I also the think of the line in the spiritual experience. It says that, you know, what often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. Well, one, I don't have self-discipline um, and I have no willpower, but I have tried so hard. I've been in the rooms for 17 years and yes, God has done for me what I haven't been able to do for myself, but I've been addicted the whole time other than, you know, I put down one thing. But I'm also holding on to something else pretty much the whole time, except just for the last 120 days. And to the best of my ability, everything is down. I mean, as far as I know, there's nothing that's giving me a sense of ease and comfort anymore um, that I'm putting and ingesting into my body. And I've had a lot of them. And it's been a long road. But what blows me away is that my whole life has been a fight. um, And I've tried to change myself. And again, yes, God has done for me what I couldn't do for myself. Over the, pretty much the last year, I've seen a, a significant change. But now, like this last time I went through the steps and put everything down, I swear I feel like my life went on steroids. And what's happening, God is doing the miraculous in my life. And 
if you're new and you're struggling, oh, please just keep, I mean, I hear this in, the, in other rooms, like, you know, keep coming back. Instead of keep coming back, just stay and no judgment. Like, it's tough. You know, I think the food thing is so hard because everyone's plans are different and we have to be honest with ourselves. And it's so hard for me to get honest because I just am so deathly afraid of putting those things down. But my God, I will never forget. Someone said to me, Laura, how free do you want to be? And I was, I was not ready then. I was not ready to be free. I was too scared. I was too afraid to trust my God. Um, but you know what? He graced me with, you know, willingness and desperation and surrender. And, uh, and it happened, you know, it happened. And the beautiful part is, is now um, I am experiencing life just effortlessly. And yes, I do have issues. And what's so beautiful is that when I get disturbed, I have, I have a program, you know, I get to do a 10 step. I get to call a fellow. I get to pray to God. I get to ask for my character defects to be removed. Um, You know, I'm not a saint and it's not, I'm not made white as snow, but what's so cool for me is that I've seen my effort and then I saw accelerated effort by God. And it is just like, it is remarkable. So again, if you're new, just stay, we're here to help you. Um, There's so many names on the line, pick up the phone, um, it does work. It really does. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Laura. Okay, Loretta, I believe H, you're up, followed by Maureen L. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service and everyone on this line who every morning saves my life. Loretta H and Raleigh recovered with God's grace and mercy just for today, never cured. God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. That is my story, and I'm so grateful. We have a song in church, and I only started going back to my origin or my church of origin since I've been in program. I actually um, was not, I was agnostic until I came into this program. And we have a song that talks about um, God inebriating us, and I always kind of chuckle when we sing it because that's what I did with food, alcohol, shopping, whatever. And today the only thing I need is God's sufficiency. And it talks about that on page 53. When I saw others with God's sufficiency, I wanted that. And my first person that I saw that with was my sponsor that in 2001. And, um, I was in New York City, somebody else, it's very poignant in my story. I was in New York City on the day of 9-11, and I was also a flight attendant, and um, my whole world crashed and burned that day. And my sponsor told me that day that God did for me what he did for her. She said, the only thing I had to do that day was to be abstinent and everything would be okay. If that wasn't God's sufficiency, um, intuitively, we will know how to um, understand things that used to baffle us. And this program, that's what it does. If I turn to God, thy will be done, thy will be one, O-N-E, thy will be one. And with that, I do win in each day if I just turn my will and my life over to his corrective directives. But I have to do that first before I can get to actually 
being one with anybody. And I'm so grateful today because I am not less than, I'm not more than, I'm just human. But I can walk among men without separation because God needs me to practice these principles in all my affairs. And I could never do that until I work this program, work the steps, and have this God who carries me through anything in my whole life. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Loretta. Maureen Al, you're up, followed by Nancy T. Hi, this is Maureen L. from outside Massachusetts, uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I hope everyone is having a wonderful day, and thank you to all of those doing service and all of the shares on this line today and every day. But, you know, I love the promises and I was reminded today of, we will know how to handle things that intuitively use and know how to handle things intuitively that used to baffle us. And I uh, live with three teenage boys and a tween girl who's 11. And my three boys are in high school and they're 17, uh, 15 and 14. And so I get an opportunity every day to confront situations that are baffling (laughs) as their mother. And I'm so grateful that I don't have to uh, control every circumstance of their life and mine. And that I can, because of this program and for whatever reason, when the food is down, and I can give my life to my higher power each morning and ask for guidance to direct my actions in each of my actions throughout that day. That does transfer to parenting uh, these these teenagers. And, I, you know, I, I went home from work two nights ago and uh, it, they were being teenage boys. They were all over each other. They were just a mess. Everyone's really upset that everything's ratcheted up with back to school and the rest. But it... it um. I was able to be calm presence for them and just kind of hear them, understand where they were at. And uh, I just finished radiation treatments for cancer last week on Thursday. And the effects of that are still ongoing. I'm, I was still incredibly tired over the weekend. And on Sunday night, my daughter I was trying to, she had, she had wrapped a piece of hair around like a whole chunk in the front of her head around this very small plastic brush. And it was against her scalp and it was going nowhere. It was incredibly wrapped up tight and she was going to have to cut off her hair to remove it. And she's 11. This is a trauma for her. And I was asleep through most of it. I kind of heard it in the back of my head that something was going on. So she woke me up at midnight because she knew how tired I was and she didn't want me to. And so, you know, I got up and I made her laugh and I, I said, what do we do? We're upset. We take a pause. We ask for God's help. And then we just calmly work through the problem. That's what we're going to do. And that's what I told her we were going to do. And that's what we did. So from midnight to 1230, we just extracted each piece of her hair that was wrapped around that coil of a brush. And she learned something that night, uh, but it wasn't about her hair. I think she learned, hopefully, uh, or got reiterated the message of the importance of just asking God for help, staying calm and calmly working through the problem. And that's a gift that has only come through this program and because my food's on the scale in the morning and I get on my knees and ask God for help and all things. So with that, I I pass, but thank you again for everyone, for your service, for your time and for all of us trudging this way together. It's such a gift. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Wow. Nancy T, you're up, followed by Dana P. Thank you. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. 
Awesome. Um, grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Love the shares today and especially over the last several days when we've been talking about the Step 9 Promises. Um, and what an experience it has been to actually live them, to experience them. You know, that first sentence when I um, I'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Um, does that mean I know all the answers today? Absolutely not. It means I know hardly any of the answers. What it means, and as I've heard several of the people share this morning, the intuitiveness is the pause. When something is going awry, and it always does, life on life's terms, right? Um, I pause and I breathe and I say, okay, God, what's the next indicated action that I need to take? If any, maybe the next right thing is to do nothing. But the gift is I can pause today instead of going full force like a bull in a china shop trying to control the whole situation. Um, and God does for me today what I could never do for myself. What could I never do for myself? I couldn't put the food down. I couldn't manage and foster healthy relationships with other people. I couldn't um, stop trying to control people, places, and things, that most of which were none of my business. I mean, my, I was a train wreck. But God has restored me to sanity through the process of working the 12 steps and building a relationship with him. And I say building because I try to make sure I'm always growing today. Um, real quick story. I don't always do it perfectly. Please don't think that. I just am in the process of buying a condo. And um, there have been days where I've been totally surrendered to the process. But everything, all the ducks are in a row on my end. But on the seller's end, there's been some hiccups. So closing didn't happen when I wanted it to happen. And um, in fact, we're still waiting. It's going to be any day now. But there was actually one day where I didn't know if I was going to be staying in my old place or the condo because they were letting me move in a little bit early, which is almost unheard of. But anyway, that day, I could not surrender it. I kept saying it. I knew what to do. I intuitively knew that God was my answer. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. I just kept hanging on. I just couldn't let go of it. And I was saying, I told a, an outreach call yesterday. I said, I really felt like I failed in the faith department that day. And she said, no, you didn't, because you knew where to go. So even though I wasn't doing it perfectly, I kept saying, God, I'm doing it again. I'm trying to control. Um, please help me here. And so at least I know what direction to find the answer. And the bottom line, what's the ultimate gift? I did not one time through this whole process even consider the idea that food would fix it. That is a miracle. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, now we'll have... Dana P. and then Carmela G. Good morning, Katie. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you so much. I'm Dana P. I'm here in California. What a beautiful meeting, beautiful shares. Um, we would intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Um, you know, that word intuition, um, intuitively, pops out at me. Um, I remember I was a child of the 60s and you know my mother was very much into ESP and seances and and such things like that and uh, so I heard this word intuition a lot uh, my mother she believed that I was very intuitive and um, and it was said that in, intuition was the sixth sense and you know what are our senses eyes ears you know touch hear all of these things uh, that we're very familiar with the five senses 
but um, for me, something happened, um, and that's another story, but um, I blocked that. And, and how did I block that with my character defects? Um, I completely blocked that sense of it. And um, there is another very wise book that has a phrase that um, calls that, quote, unquote, intuition, uh, still small voice. And seriously, it, that uh, quotation is literally translated from the Aramaic to be a whispering sound. And where does that come from? You know, it comes from our senses, but it doesn't come from our senses. Uh, it may be something that I hear that someone else doesn't hear, but I hear it nonetheless. Um, and it, that was a directive that I got uh, literally in a not still small voice, but a loud voice that directed me that said, uh, hey, go find OA on the Zoom and uh, make a plan and stick to it and go to that vision for you. And that was the beginning of my journey into uh, food sobriety. And that was a quote-unquote, intuitive uh, voice. Um, I'm also very familiar with uh, the intuitive voice that comes, I call it, uh, the critter stirring inside of me. And so I know it's that gut feeling when something's going on and God's saying to me, hey, you know, this is not okay. What you're doing is not okay. So I listen to that now. I listen to that now. And how do I get connected to my beloved master, the God that lives inside of me, because that's what the book says deep down inside of us. Um, I have to pray and meditate and continue, continue, continue to practice my uh, spiritual life. I absolutely have to do this every single day. And I love what's been said multiple times about that pause, because the connection is in that pause, in that quiet time. So that I can hear that whispering sound. So thanks so much, and I'll pass with that. Thank you, Dana. Okay, Carmela, you have one minute. Do you want to take that? Sure. Thank you so much, Katie. Carmela G. recovered in New York, gratefully. In disease, I was never willing to surrender to any other thoughts, or actions other than Carmela's. In recovery today, that quiet time when I get that message, whether it's to make a phone call or do an action for another, I act on it and I am rewarded because nine times out of 10, the person has had some sort of trauma in their life or the person has needed something that I'm willing to give them. And with that, that is a miracle, and that is the gift that God gives me, provided I stay in connection with him and not lock him up again. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Carmela. And thank you to everyone who shared on this awesome meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, September 14th, 7 a.m. meeting is 17,738. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Dara L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Great. Thank you. This is Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.